0: You're listening to Matrimony. I'm Kelsey.
1: And I'm Chris. This is the show about our marriage. And our money. Hey, husband. Hello.
0: Hello. Hmm. On this episode, we're answering a listener question about what advice we would give our younger selves, plus talking about- So much advice. So much advice. (laughs) Don't interrupt me. (laughs) Excuse me. (laughs) Plus talking about how we create and maintain a budget. But first, let's catch up on life lately. We're having a pretty good week.
1: Pretty good week. Actually, excellent week compared to previous weeks because, was it two nights in a row? Yes. Yes. I feel bad that we talk about this every time. I know,
0: but it's our podcast.
1: That's true. (laughs) All right, yeah. So Cedric slept all the way through the night, two nights Mm -hmm. in a row, and it was glorious. Mm -hmm. So glorious, in fact, that I got up at 4.30 to go work out this morning. Mm
0: -hmm. It just, I think it just goes to show us how sleep is everything and how just, you know, a couple of bad nights, it just, even though we still are functioning and feel like we're doing okay. It just like drains your energy. You just don't have kind of that extra layer of happiness and energy to
1: <laughs> tell the story of um, the difference between <laughs>
0: Oh, yes, yes. This is this is so funny. I have realized this before, but I can it, it's like um It's almost like the canary in the coal mine, but in a good way. But when you are well-rested, you sing in the morning without fail. Like just as you're going about in the kitchen, making breakfast, getting ready, you just burst into song. And that's how I know (laughs) that you are actually well-rested.
1: It's so funny, but it's totally, totally true. Yes. Whereas when I'm not well-rested, I'm silent and glum. (laughs) But when I am, I'm like singing to Dash or Cedric Mm -hmm. and making up crass songs and they love it. Yes. And I dance. I also dance.
0: (laughs) Yes. It's pretty lively. So anyway, (laughs) yeah, that has been awesome. Um, Mm -hmm. I've been feeling really energized this week because actually just this afternoon I got to record a podcast for work Mm -hmm. and I've made it part of your job. Yes. I've made it part of my job. It is really cool how that has come together that was something that I had kind of pitched to my boss maybe even as much as a year ago and then finally it started to come about that it might actually happen and then today was the day where we actually went into there's a great you know, official podcasting studio. And I got to record on this amazing equipment and interview a faculty member. And it was just really, really cool. So I'm just feeling so energized about that. It's really cool to get to do something so creative and something I'm so passionate about and now get to do that as part of my job. What else is going on? Um, Oh, I've been feeling excited. We were just talking about this the other day. I only have about six weeks left of pumping. Mm. And I am so looking forward to be done. I am happy to do it. And you know, it's a thing where if I had told myself that if, if it felt too stressful and too much of a burden that I would be fine you know, stopping pumping earlier. And we've been supplementing Cedric's bottles for several months with formula. I'm not Mm -hmm. able to pump as much as he needs every day at daycare, but, you know, but I've been able to keep it up and I've been happy to do it, but, oh my gosh, it's, it's so disruptive to my day to have to leave my office, get all my stuff, go set up in the pumping room, pump, just Mm -hmm. all this stuff. And then. pumping
1: room that's unlocked.
0: No, now it has a lock on it. Oh, that's good. They finally got a lock just about a month ago. But yes, for several months, there was no lock on this door, even though I had been requesting it. And so I would post a sign outside the door that said, please do not enter, which I later found out that some people thought was rude. They didn't know know that I was pumping in there. They just thought it was someone using the room. And... They were like, why is someone posting that sign out there? And then I was explaining to colleague, I was like, well, it's because I'm pumping and the door doesn't lock. And they were like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. I was like, yeah. So anyway, I would post this sign outside the door. Plus, I would shove a chair, you know, against the door Mm -hmm. Um, anyway. But yeah, just not a great scenario to be shirtless at the office.
1: Yeah, so it's a bummer at work, and <laughs> that is true. Um, bummer at work, and it's also a bummer at home because we have to wash all these bottles every have day and the them. And
0: remember to bring my pump parts and the ice pack. Oh, yeah. And Anyway, so we and are... It's like
1: a whole shelf in our cupboard, all yeah. that stuff. It's all going to go away.
0: So we are nearing the end. Forever. And it's very exciting. Oh, man. It's going to be exciting. awesome. Anything else that you want to add about life lately?
1: Um Yes, we sold Chow Locally.
0: Oh yeah! Can you please explain? I don't know if you've explained what Chow Locally is on the podcast, in case listeners don't know.
1: Chow Locally was my my second, I would I would say, entrepreneurial venture. Mm-hmm. My first, I was a personal trainer back in the day, <laughs> which is how Kelsey and I met.
0: But you were not my personal trainer, but no. we met at the gym.
1: No, but you wanted me to be. <laughs> uh, i don't know i don't
0: actually don't think i ever thought that
1: all right well okay <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so anyway Chow locally I, st- I started with a colleague of mine a friend of mine my business partner four years ago and it's basically a csa community supported agriculture program or like
0: a farm share
1: yeah <clears throat> so if you're familiar with this you sign up you subscribe and you get a weekly box of fruits and vegetables from a farm usually that's how it works we were different. We were a, a food hub was mm-hmm. the idea. So we actually worked with lots of farms at once and we aggregated what they grew and put that all into a farm share that represented lots of farms. And then people subscribed to that and got it on a weekly basis. And the
0: other thing that was really cool about Chow Locally is that you had a really awesome website and you mm-hmm. could schedule your share, you could put it on hold, you could sign up that way, you could change your pickup location, choose home delivery. So I think that was something very unique about your company that you made it so user-friendly.
1: Yeah, we were a tech company first and a food company second, mm-hmm. really. Um, so my colleague is a web developer and I know food and local farms and all that. So it was a like a perfect uh, partnership. And then we grew this thing and it actually was growing really well for a long time. Um, but when we started to try to step away, it just didn't have the the drive built in to mm-hmm. keep it going. And I'm a full-time professor, and he's busy with lots of ventures, and so we just couldn't um, innovate in a way to make it grow, which it totally could have. It was a perfect model; it's an amazing model, and I'm not saying that to brag, but just the way we built it, it was. It you works. were really
0: proud of it, and you were, yeah, and your partner was so smart, and you just loved being able to work with him and yeah, see yeah. all that innovation. But yeah. anyway, but now it's sold.
1: Right now it's sold. <laughs> so anyway, it was. It got to a point where. It actually paid its bills, but mm-hmm. neither he nor I could handle the risk. So if a truck broke down, there wasn't extra money to pay it off and we mm-hmm. just couldn't deal with that risk. So we eventually decided to sell it. So we sold it to a local farm.
0: And lest our listeners hear that you sold a business and think that now we're rolling in cash, can, yeah. you, can, you, can you lay some reality on us there?
1: Yeah, this is not Facebook. Facebook. Um, my brother posted on, on Facebook. He's like, he's like, so what'd you make like a billion dollars? I'm like, no, no, this is not like, you know, selling a social media site. Mm-hmm. And, and he just posted one word, frooster. <laughs> What's that mean? <laughs> like fruit, but like a, you know, a social media sounding name, frooster. I, I th- thought it was funny. I don't get it. <laughs> well, anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, suffice it to say we did not make almost any money at all. <laughs>
0: and you didn't make any money. Like, we personally did not make any money from no, the no. sale of this. No,
1: no, not a dime. I mean, we didn't lose much, but we, uh, I mean, I put in countless You'd, hours and, a, and a, some ton, cash.
0: Tons but. of hours and maybe $2,000 mm-hmm. yeah. Your partner was able to make the bulk of the investment. But yeah, anyway, yeah. but you learned a lot.
1: I learned a lot. Yeah.
0: And I'm really proud of everything that you did and everything that you learned and
1: yeah, thank you. It was definitely worth it for me, but I want to know, was it worth it for you?
0: Um, I mean, I think because you said it was worth it for you. So yeah. So I think it was yeah. worth it for me since it was such a great experience for you. And
1: well, cause you went through lots and lots of days and nights mm-hmm. with me gone, mm-hmm. you know, many, many days in a row there. There's a period of like yeah. four months straight where I was working at least some hours every single day yeah that was
0: crazy luckily that was before we had kids and so yeah that was although it was a bummer that we weren't getting to spend as much time together and you were stressed out you know it wasn't like I was left with all this child care housework and stuff like that so mm-hmm. ended up the timing ended up working out really well but yeah I think it was definitely
1: worth it okay well, that's good that's good because um I'm starting a next venture (laughs) with my business partner and who knows how much time that will take. So just remember you said that.
0: (laughs) Okay. So let's move on to what's happening in our money lately. Besides getting $0 from the sale of Chow locally. Um, I have something to bring up and that is we have not been doing so great um, in terms of buying coffee, and other treats and lunch out. We've been pretty bad about that lately.
1: Yeah. We've been really, really busy. Yep. So we've had, I, I don't know why. It's not like we're, are we busier than normal? Is that what it you is? You know,
0: I think what's been happening for me with kind of these events that I've had at work and I've had more meetings and things, I've been not always at my office as much I've had meetings at different parts of campus or on different campuses mm-hmm. and I'll be with colleagues more often like in groups and so I think it's more likely then it's mm. like oh let's go grab coffee oh let's go grab lunch and it's situations where I don't actually want to do that but I want to be social yeah you know and I know that that's something that I've heard people say they face a lot that that's a challenge for them like saving money or like bringing their lunch I'm pretty mm. adamant about it when I'm at the office like if i bring my lunch and people are going out to lunch i pass but yeah. if i plan it in advance i'm fine with it i just don't like to do that spontaneously yeah but that's been happening more lately so it's been tough it's been hard to say no
1: so that's a that's a legit excuse because you're trying to be polite and you're trying to kind of you know mm-hmm. go with the crowd and not make it complicated for people and, and all i think of that. It,
0: it can be really valuable to build those relationships with your colleagues and have that kind of camaraderie i mean i think that makes just work much more enjoyable so
1: yeah i, I read an article a while back about how friends cost you money <laughs> oh really <laughs> especially those who like to you know go out and yeah spend definitely out and that kind of thing i don't have that same excuse
0: Uh oh what's your excuse
1: I don't know what it is. I just have a thing lack like a Lack of to,
0: willpower. Just like to spend willpower.
1: money. Yeah. <laughs> just like to spend that cash. Oh boy. No, I don't know what it is. I just uh I think I think sitting in like a well, I'm in I'm in a nondescript office when I go to Tempe versus when I go to my own That's office. That's right. Downtown. You're in
0: like a what they call it, a hotel office space. So you're just in kind of like you're kind of squatting in yeah. office
1: space. And I have one that I've reserved for the entire semester, but I can't even raise the shades in the window. Oh. And so it's like poorly lit, and it's there's no character to it, and I I think mm. I just go stir crazy, and I want to leave, and so like I I walk out just because I want to walk somewhere. Gotcha. And then I feel like I need a destination, and I show up and get my gotcha. green tea latte.
0: Ooh, that's a problem.
1: Yeah. All or right. A cookie. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, we need to we need to work on that. Mm. The other thing. That I wanted to bring up. We have a couple of, they shouldn't be huge, but a couple of home repairs coming up and like maybe more on the horizon. Yeah. Um, we need to get something done with our front screen door. When it originally got installed, they did not install it completely. And there's actually gap at the bottom between the door frame and the screen door. So, you know, it can still let in bugs and dust and all yeah. this stuff. It's kind of ridiculous. Your
1: doorway is a hole. And they didn't plug the hole mm-hmm. with a door. Mm-hmm. I just don't get it.
0: Yeah. So we're going to need to get a little fix on that. And then there's a little part of our block wall fence in the back that we have to get repaired. So anyway, just these little things that come up with houses.
1: Homeownership. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's a bummer that it comes around Christmas time. But we have, we have some flexibility. We'll be mm-hmm. okay.
0: Yeah. Are there any money topics that you'd like to bring up?
1: Hmm. No. Okay, then. (laughs) How's this going?
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's going great. So one other thing that we wanted to talk about on this episode were some budgeting basics and maintaining a budget and kind of talk a Mm -hmm. little bit about maybe our advice, what we did to actually start a budget. I think that, you know, we've been referring to our budget a lot that Mm -hmm. is... Uh, tool that we use and it's just kind of a given for us. But I think for anyone who doesn't already have a budget, it can feel very overwhelming to start. Yeah. Um, And one thing that I want to say is that I think a lot of people associate a budget with not spending money and they feel like, oh, if I have a budget, I'm going to have to, I can't buy the things that I want and all these things. And a budget doesn't mean you can't spend money. It just mm-hmm. means you're tracking your money.
1: Yeah, and probably some people don't don't need a budget because they just sort of inherently understand where their money's going and that kind of thing. But I think a lot of people could benefit from it. And so there are lots of tools and things online, but we thought we'd talk about how we do our budget mm-hmm. and our approach to it um, as just like one model.
0: Right. And so I kind of wanted to get into like how we started our budget from... Like from not having one, I think, I think you are already using one when we started mm-hmm. managing our money together. But I do remember that we sat down in an Excel spreadsheet, or actually, I think it was on pen and paper then, <laughs> and just listed out every single expense or bill. Mm-hmm. And so that's like a really initial first one. And I think it can feel overwhelming, but just sit down, just start, start listing things.
1: And I think that was the, that's, that is literally the first step for us. It was just, Oh, where does our money actually go? <laughs> and that was it. Right. So just to know like, okay, actually this makes up this portion of the money that we make. And is there any money left over for savings? I don't think we we weren't thinking hard about savings when we first were together. Mm-hmm. Like this is a more recent revelation for us. Right. So initially, yeah, it was just, okay, now we know where our money goes. And then the next thing was what, what are our goals? And so that's, I think that's like the important transition. First, you have your baseline. Mm-hmm. This is where money goes. Mm-hmm. Now you can say, well, then, you know, we, I think, realize as we decided to save more that all of it is manipulable. And so that's the other important point that budgets aren't just about like restricting yourself, right? nor are they static and, and like set in stone. You can mm-hmm. manipulate any line item you want to that includes your mortgage and rent mm-hmm. and everything. And we can mm-hmm. talk about that. But yeah, so now you can start to... Change it so that it reflects goals that you might have.
0: Yeah. And I think something that speaks to that is that we do a pretty good job of is having regular, semi-regular budget meetings Mm -hmm. where we actually... Make a point, hey, let's sit down after dinner tonight and look at our money and look at our budget and it doesn't mean that there's a problem or like quote unquote someone's in trouble like has spent spent too much it's just you know we're just checking in mm-hmm. you know and to and to have those kind of meetings to prevent ever having to have a str- like prevent those stressful budget meetings oh my gosh we've overdrafted our account or oh my gosh we have this big expense yeah. we can't pay for it and so by always checking in
1: I don't think we've ever had one of us say to the other oh you're spending too much or you shouldn't <laughs> have bought that or I don't know any of those things
0: yeah no I don't think so I mean we always talk about what we're going to buy before we buy them and mm-hmm. yeah yeah. i think we've mentioned before neither of us have um i don't know kind of a spending vice or something where we like spend way too much on on something aside so, from coffee and tea right exactly um so no we've never had something like that but i think that being in constant communication about that has been helpful
1: yeah and i guess when you know where your money is going and if you have goals that you're trying to meet now you now you can mm-hmm bounce what's happening real time off of what's supposed to be happening or what you expect to happen. Mm -hmm. And then you have, then you can be like, okay, vaguely, I don't think you should be buying this. Instead, you could say, oh, here's that category. Are we within it? Are we not? Right. And I think we also come at our money from the perspective of it's just our money. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter who made what it's just a big pot. And so, you know, if I overspend in a category of mine, quote unquote, I'm actually overspending our money. And so I feel the same responsibility Mm -hmm. regardless. Mm Mm-hmm. But the point I made before, like, I think we came at it first tracking our money and then we started thinking about goals and we got really hardcore about specific goals. Mm-hmm. And then that's when we really went through and we had that like two years ago, we mm-hmm. really started going through and saying, we value this. We don't value that. We can cut down on this. We can totally eliminate that. Mm-hmm. And and
0: some of those things were, um, you know, just talking about like totally eliminating things like another like our second car and Mm -hmm. so all expenses associated with that eliminating um like netflix cable cable. right (laughs) um just things like that so or cutting down on i think that we were spend we had allotted much more for ourselves maybe even twice as much for our just discretionary entertainment spending a month i think that we used to have budgets of like 300 dollars a month i can't believe
1: it (laughs) Makes me want to punch myself. I can't in the believe face. it.
0: And I, I'm not I'm not sure that we were always spending that much. I think that I was able to like have more in my personal yeah. savings at that time, but but that's what we budgeted, and so it would have been fine if we had spent that much. It's just it's crazy to think about. Yeah. And it then, was before we had kids, but still.
1: Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, missed opportunity. But um but when we did that that made, that's when I really realized we could actually, we could manipulate any item we wanted to. And like when I say like your mortgage or rent, you could actually manipulate that. That sounds like one of those things or like food. You mm-hmm. can't, this is, you have to buy food. You have to pay for your mortgage. But um, it could be that you, like if you really need to cut down to meet a goal, it could be that you're living in too hard, large a house or too mm-hmm. large an apartment and you should move literally to have a lower mortgage or lower rent you know so i mean that's that sounds extreme but if you really have goals because your financial goals should really be like a foundational thing Mm -hmm. um, because that's going to be important lifelong Mm -hmm. um you maybe make those decisions and food like that's i think a big one we a big part of our entertainment was probably just going out and buying way more coffee and way more food but we cut that down Mm -hmm. and we still struggle with it so but you know (laughs) we're working on it certainly better than it was
0: and we've mentioned before, but we do use Mint to actually track where our money actually goes. And then that's been a really helpful tool to then compare to our budget. Um, you know, okay, we've budgeted whatever it is, is seven, $800 for groceries and mm-hmm. food a month is that what we're actually spending? And then if something is really off, we can look and see, okay, was this just a weird month or is this something that we need to make an adjustment, either changing our budget because we really do need to be spending this much money or we really need to work on our habits and cut back on something?
1: Yeah, a a tracking software like that gives you that longitudinal data so you can actually see, oh, this is a real trend. So Mm -hmm. actually this was an unrealistic allotment, you know, high, low, whatever. Uh, So I, I think... Mint, there are other ones out there. We use Mint all the time, but it's just, it's so valuable.
0: I have had a listener who has said that they use the you need a budget tool. And Mm -hmm. I've heard several several people talk about that before and we need to look into it because it sounds very intriguing. It sounds like it has some capabilities that Mint doesn't have. So I can't speak to it yet because we haven't checked it out, but I have heard good reviews of that. So that Mm -hmm. might be another tool that people might want to look into.
1: Yeah. I will take a look too.
0: Um, the last little point that I have on budgeting that you kind of mentioned already, but I think just the power of making goals, financial goals for yourself, short-term, long-term, big, small, Mm -hmm. just anything. And then just working towards them. And especially if you're in a relationship, like working towards them with your partner and celebrating along the way. We're 25% of the way there. We're we're half the way there. I think that that just really adds momentum to trying to get to a big goal. And it just makes it something kind of fun instead of feeling stressful. It has more positive associations. And then I feel like you're just more likely to want to put money towards that, whether it's paying off a debt or saving money or, you know, whatever it is.
1: Yeah. It's, uh, and I like that you're, you're good about that. Cause you'll put it in our calendar mm-hmm. and we'll celebrate things, but it really should be like a real project mm-hmm. between you and your partner, rather than being this like vague background thing that happens, like money comes in, it comes mm-hmm. out, we spend it, it goes in savings automatically, mm-hmm. whatever. It should be a conscious, like actual project. Like this is a thing we're working on. And every month we're thinking about it and, mm-hmm. and adding to the, to that project, your mm-hmm. savings towards right. whatever goal. Um, and then it's like, it's at the forefront of your mind mm-hmm. for at least for a time. Like the, I think the idea is that you really, really work on it until the point where you're getting close to meeting goals or knocking like dead out and that kind of stuff. And then it can slowly recede into the background mm-hmm. where you can think about money less and less. Mm-hmm. But especially earlier on in a relationship, I think it's really worth your while to like, it was worth our while, mm-hmm. I think. too, and, st- um,
0: and still is, we're still working on some big goals. Totally, so yeah. we still have some big ones ahead of us.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: So, let's move on to our listener question i I really love this one. Um, someone asked us what advice would we give to our younger selves when we were just married and just starting out our life together mm. so i I really love this, and um do you want to start? Do you have something?
1: Sure. Oh, man. So many things. This is filled with such regret. I would recommend saving like a maniac. It's It seems counterintuitive because you're young and you want to be going out and doing your thing. And you Especially probably have a lower if you're, salary. If
0: you're like first working and out of college and mm-hmm. suddenly you have a salary and disposable income. And mm-hmm. it is. It's really exciting. And it's very empowering, you know, to be able to finally buy things or like buy the adult quality things that you've been wanting like nice furniture nice (laughs) clothes things like that nice place to
1: live yeah but this is actually your most flexible time to put money away because you don't have you you probably haven't gotten a mortgage yet and all the home repairs the things that we're talking Mm -hmm. about that go along with that you probably don't have kids yet you know the things that are happy burdens to have later in life but they are definitely restricting like Like we talk about our daycare is $2,000 a month. Mm -hmm. If we didn't have kids, holy shit, how much money we would save (laughs) every month, (laughs) you know? So, um, and, but when we, when we first were together, Mm -hmm. you hadn't come out to Arizona yet. So we were still just dating. We weren't Mm -hmm. married. Um, when I came out and started my first like major job as an assistant professor, Mm -hmm. I lived with my parents for Mm -hmm. six or eight months or something like that. And, that would have been an amazing opportunity to bank a ton of cash. I spent a bunch of what I could have saved by visiting you. Cause you were still at Yale. Um, and I did, I did save some and that helped eventually towards our first home purchase, but right. I could have saved just, I could have saved tens of thousands of dollars mm-hmm. and it didn't dawn on me that uh-huh. maybe I should try. Wow. And it's like, Oh, yeah. What a missed opportunity. And it seems crazy to get um like an awesome job as an assistant professor, then go live with your parents. But what a smart idea. Mm-hmm. I wish I had actually, you know, mm-hmm. been more thoughtful about it, but though that's the time. And so I just think if you can orient yourself and think about setting up your life so that you could save a bunch of money, mm-hmm. then when you get to the time where you start, you know, adding these fun responsibilities, right. you have so much more flexibility.
0: Yeah. yeah kind of, um, Related to that in terms of, you know, maybe thinking if you, like, if I could look back at us and, okay, we haven't bought a house yet. Something that I hear a lot of people talk about, and I don't think we necessarily have this mentality, but that's the idea of having a starter home. Like kind of, Mm. okay, we're going to buy our first house um, but it's not going to be the house that we're going to be in forever. Like maybe it's just enough to like get a family started, but then we're definitely going to need something bigger and like in a nicer neighborhood yeah. and things like that. I don't think we really had that mentality. No. I'm, I'm not saying that we were conscious enough to like say, no, we're not doing that. But I would say to anyone that was buying their first ha- house now is to, not think about the concept of a starter home. Think about just getting in the the best quality, I think, house, a house that you could see yourself in for the foreseeable future for the long term. Mm-hmm. That's going to be, you know, big enough that you can have a family there. But also think about we don't need, you don't have to have a bedroom for Every child, you don't have to have tons and tons of space. You know, I was just reading an article recently about how the average American house size is has like tripled since the 1950s. You know, Mm -hmm. we're just have these huge houses, and you really can be happy in less space, and especially if that translates to a lower mortgage that you could afford that would give you more financial flexibility. Um, so anyway, that's something that I I think that it ended up working out really well for us. We were able to buy in 2009 when the housing market was low mm-hmm. and get a, a great house for a good price. Um, but we we certainly weren't thinking like along those lines, you yeah, know, like, okay, yeah. we're going to make the best financial decision to buy a house that we can stay in for a long time and pay off the mortgage. Just kind of we lucked into it.
1: Yeah, buy like small to medium but high quality, you mm-hmm. know? And I think, I think, I wonder if that too, you know, early on in somebody's or like a couple's life together, there's this accrual process, like, mm-hmm. are we are going to buy better furniture or mm-hmm. more furniture and we're going to buy more appliances and more this or that. And I wonder if, um, part of the idea, like looking back, it's like, oh, this is kind of a starter home because now we don't fit in it anymore. But mm-hmm. did you just accrue enough crap uh-huh. like that now the house feels too small right. when in fact really what you're doing is housing more crap than people. Right. Because that probably <laughs> happens to most people. Mm-hmm. And that easily could have happened to us had we not decided to go crazy and minimize, which we'll talk about in some future episode. Yeah.
0: Well, and actually that is something I wanted to mention briefly here. We, we just have been on a crazy minimizing, simplifying, getting rid of tons of our stuff. I mean, we still have plenty of stuff in our house and plenty of stuff to be happy and very comfortable, Mm -hmm. but it was just kind of all that superfluous stuff, all the stuff that we'd kind of been, you know, had with us since graduate school and whatnot that we finally decided to deal with only keep the stuff we really wanted to have around. And so my advice to our younger selves would just be to go through that process much earlier. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. That's the best advice. (laughs) (laughs) It is awesome. I just, I definitely want to get into this on a future episode, but it continues to bring me so much happiness and joy at how we've been so intentional with the stuff in our home and how there's just nice open space that's not full of stuff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's it, I kind of, it's interesting. Sometimes I look back on our pre-kid life and we did have more freedom and flexibility in our time, but... I mean, even though I wouldn't say our house was cluttered at all at that point, we hadn't gone through this and been so intentional with our stuff. And so I kind of actually look back at that time and it's like, even though we would have had more freedom and time and stuff, I'm like, I like it so much better now, even mm-hmm. with the time restrictions. I'd be because willing Because I like our living space better.
1: For sure. It's, it's so like when the kids go to bed, we have mm-hmm. two young kids. When the kids mm-hmm. go to bed, it takes like five minutes and our house is... is Orderly again. Mm-hmm. And I'm willing to bet that, you know, now we have added two people mm-hmm. to our household, but I bet we have half as much stuff.
0: Right. Probably so. I'm sure of it.
1: Yeah. Which is so, it's so nice. Oh, that's the best advice. Yeah,
0: yeah it is. It has been so satisfying. Okay. So let's move on to one big thing.
1: What's your one big thing?
0: Um, I think my one big thing is actually related to minimizing. We were just talking about it this morning. We were just saying that we were kind of feeling like there was going to need to be kind of another clean out on the horizon. Mm -hmm. And it's so funny now that we're just in this habit. It's like if we go a few months without kind of going through our stuff again and making some goodwill donations or selling some stuff on Craigslist, I feel like we start to get kind of antsy. It's
1: like an anti-hoarder compulsion or something. Yeah. (laughs)
0: But I think, you know, the boys are growing so much and, you know, we've decided that we feel our family is complete with our two boys. And so we're not holding on to the stuff once Cedric's done with it and is outgrowing it, we're kind of ready to get rid of stuff. And Mm -hmm. so he's kind of been finishing up with some, some stuff lately. And so it's kind of like, okay, kind of time to reevaluate some things. And
1: mm-hmm. that's awesome. I know. So we'll probably have, there's going to be a lot that comes out of that room. I mean, just all the baby clothes, toys, mm-hmm. everything else. That's going to be a nice, the more like the more stuff we actually load up into our car to take to Goodwill or somewhere else, like just the, so much more satisfying. It is. It is. It is. It's it's <laughs>
0: really satisfying. So what's your one big thing?
1: um, I guess it's actually kind of it's, it's we're on a theme now. So it's, it's the same sustainable materialism. Oh, it's my new my new favorite topic. Okay. So, um, David book, David David Brooks of the New York Times wrote an article a couple days ago on simplicity, and uh, I had read it, and it was he was arguing about he was arguing this this idea that simplicity is kind of a new thing. He he referenced the book that you really love, the life changing magic of tidying of up. tidying up. Yeah. And, but he was talking about this and like magazines, like real simple. And this whole idea that people are getting all excited about simplifying, but he argued that these days people don't seem to have a specific notion as to why they're doing it. So he compared them to like Henry David Thoreau where, who, you know, was doing this almost as like a, an active protest against mm. society at the time and, and others. But people today seem to be just changing out their current consumpt- cons- consumptive habits with, an alternate form of consumption and saying, well, that doesn't seem as, it seemed like he was saying that doesn't seem as sincere or authentic. Um, And I wrote a, a comment on it and I said, well, I disagree. I think this is something like sustainable materialism where even if people are consuming in an alternate way, they may be consuming in such a way as to minimize future consumption because from my reading of the literature on this stuff, actually people do have specific reasons. They care about the environment. They worry mm-hmm. about the trash they produce and the right. you know the production of all that stuff um, and just the stress of it all. Yeah. So um, I wrote this comment and actually New York Times had made it a New York Times pick <laughs> <laughs> and it drove a ton of traffic to my blog so I was very happy. <laughs> um, but I, I, think, I think that's what I've landed on because we're a consumer society. We absolutely have to buy products and services to get by. Like mm-hmm. in the example I gave in my comment was food. So obviously almost none of us grow enough food mm-hmm. for our own survival. So we right. have to buy food. Right. So we buy products and services. As a result, we are consumers. Mm-hmm. And so if we're going to be consumers and that means we have to continue to buy stuff, but if you do it in a sustainable way, you can minimize significantly your future consumption. And the other example I gave in my comment was our, like our car situation, you mm-hmm. know, where you trade out one of two cars that the average household has for a bike now you have cut perhaps by half your future gas purchases Mm -hmm. and so you can buy stuff like a bike that minimizes your impact in the future and i think that's important so anyway i just thought that was um an important take on the like today's simplicity movement
0: cool all right. Well, I think that wraps it up. Okay. Thank you so much for listening. You can find us on our website, loveandmatrimony.com, where we'll have the show notes for this episode. And don't forget, you can also submit your information to be a featured listener on a future episode where we'll kind of dive more into. Uh, listeners financial situation and give our advice on their situation. And we as always love and appreciate your iTunes reviews. So keep them coming. Thank you so much, everyone.
1: So we are signing off reminding you to love your honey, not your money. talking the way I will on the podcast fast and mumbly and not enunciated
0: that's my favorite